Hello, welcome to Reference Desk, a performing arts and culture podcast. I'm your host, Garth Grimble, and in each episode, I'll explore a piece of dance culture with references, popular, personal, and otherwise. I'll share a companion video link so y'all have a visual reference of what I'm talking about. Let's get into it. In my life, I try to abide by the adage, better wrong decision than indecision. Make a choice. Make something happen. Don't rely on outside confirmation that something is the thing to do. If it ends up being wrong, take responsibility and figure it out instead of not acting at all. On a small scale, you may pay to see a movie you end up hating. Worse, you may be reckless and disregard others. When you're operating on a scale as small as mine, these wrong decisions are easy to fix or understand. Decision-making is on my mind a lot right now. Who gets to make decisions? Who is affected by decisions? How one person's decision can reach so many people? And how hard it is to fathom making a decision when the world is rocked by uncertainty? A note on the word uncertainty. It feels too small. I went to the thesaurus, which lists the closest synonyms as confusion, distrust, suspicion, trouble. I guess uncertainty is the word I need it to be. Inside decision-making is power. Uncertainty breeds powerlessness, a lack of agency. How can I be empowered to make decisions when I don't know what I'm deciding on or when the effects of the choice will happen? Can you afford the responsibility of a wrong decision when you are one piece of a social puzzle unmade by doubt? In this episode, I'll be looking at two dances that focus on decision-making. The first is The Green Table by Kurt Yost from 1932. The second is The Statement by Crystal Pite from 2016. In the former is ease with which powerful people make decisions affecting populations. In the latter is conflict in cleaning up a wrong decision and taking responsibility. The Green Table was made between two world wars. The ballet depicts a generic war without taking a side. The central point is that death is everyone's partner, no matter the side you are on. My focus is on the opening of the green table, the part that features an actual green table. A long rectangular table separates ten men, five on each side. The scene is called the Dance of the Diplomats. It's set to a tango, a partnering dance of improvisation. The dancers are uniform in suits and masks of generic European gentility. It is a dance of gestures and stances, pointing, exclaiming, waving hands in the air, pounding the table, all the while maintaining the courtly manner of bowing and never laying hands on someone. One side convenes, then the other. Breakout discussions follow, but no agreement can be made. At a loss, the diplomats go from pounding on the table to jumping on it before pulling out pistols. They are not going to harm each other. Violence cannot reach their positions. They shoot their pistols in the air as a declaration of war creating violence for the many not at the green table. In just a few minutes, Yost captures a fear of decisions made by those in power, 
How can they risk so much with no skin in the game? Crystal Pites, the statement, depicts the aftermath of wrong decisions. The corporate mea culpa we've become despairingly used to. The dance also employs the power of a boardroom table. Four dancers represent varying levels of hierarchy and culpability in the wake of an unknown error. The dancers move to corresponding voiceover. They never speak, but each is assigned a voice and moves in the cadences of that voice. They argue, defend, accuse, and talk in circles trying to avoid saying anything on the record while coming up with a statement that absolves their bosses. Pite makes double speak into double move as the dancers contort themselves to avoid standing in truth. I tend to struggle with dance set to text. One often detracts from the other rather than creating a mutual support. It's easy to focus on just the text or just the dance and feel like you're missing out. In the statement, Crystal Pipe matches the movement quality and clarity of each voice to feel seamless, like you're watching the four people talk even though they never open their mouths. The argument abstracts away from the verbal as the four characters embody conflict in Pite's signature style of full-body curvature and isolations. In the end, one character hears a message from the higher-ups. The statement is the snowball effect of decision-making and responsibility. The longer they wait, the bigger the issue becomes. The bigger the issue becomes, the stronger the desire to point at someone and then wash your hands. In 2012, the social psychologist Amy Cuddy did a TED Talk on how humans and animals express power through their bodies, like spreading your arms wide. This became commonly known as power poses. If you're feeling nervous or in need of confidence, try inhabiting a pose that makes you feel powerful and see what happens. Like most ideas and research that become buzzwords to capitalize on, power poses can feel gimmicky. But that doesn't mean it's wholly untrue. In states of indecision, what can our bodies tell us about making decisions? Does your posture change when you are stating something you know to be true versus something you're unsure of? What does your body feel like when you are taking responsibility for a wrong decision? Another adage, or maybe cliche, is the body doesn't lie. Body language reveals truths behind verbal language. If you're struggling with uncertainty and decision-making, what answers are available to you in your body? That concludes this week's episode of Reference Desk. The theme music is composed by Heather Stockton. You can find more information at Reference Desk Podcast on Instagram. Thanks for listening.